Hey there, thoughtful listener. This is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. I'm so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. We're also actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast, the one you're listening to. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now let's get on with the show. With us right now, Christina Wise. Christina, you're the founder CEO of Wealthy, Wealthy. Uh, and again, uh, let me spell that. It's Wealthy, like you would expect. And then Wealthy, W-E-L-L-T-H-Y uh, dot life. Uh, and uh, you're also a podcaster, author. Uh, Christina, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. I'm just so happy to be here and have this conversation. Yeah, for sure. All right. So yes. Uh, so ex- explain who you are in the world and what you do. Well, the the play in the name, the wealthy wealthy, came out of a life crisis where I nearly learned, I nearly lost my life as an entrepreneur. You know, I would put myself back then, the serial entrepreneur, burning the candle at both ends, living a sustain unsustainable lifestyle, trying to be a perfect mother, running marathons, running a business with fifty employees. And just go, go, go all the time. And I was never present. I was always out in the future, chasing the next dream, chasing the next goal, chasing the next success on that success ladder, never satisfied where I was. So I'd always have to go for the next and next. And I made it to the absolute top of my industry at the time, which was real estate and was real estate known as a real estate disruptor, one of the top 100 leaders in the country, worked on, you know, worked as an advisor from some of the biggest tech startups that now are dominating the real estate space. And I just was always after that, that kind of entrepreneurial mindset of more, no matter how much I had, it wasn't enough because I just didn't feel any different. So it must be at the next success to the next success, mm. always in the chase and always this fast velocity. Like I had to get somewhere fast, as fast as possible. And it nearly cost me my life. So a handful of years back, I was fighting for my life and, you know, so many lessons came out of that just really life altering lessons. It's actually, you know, sent me on my path of what I do today to teach a different way to, to think about money, to be with our money, to grow our money, but to be out of the chase, to be off the hamster wheel, to be just out of the, the kind of the achievement dialogue. But what I kind of the, the biggest thing that I learned is that in financial terms, when we're talking about building wealth and financial freedom, it's all based around one word called assets assets and cash flow. And these are two words that really aren't brought up in the entrepreneurial world very often when it comes to personal wealth. And personal wealth comes from asset value and the cash flow that is um, you know, spun off by the money working for us through the, through the ownership of these assets. So I was good at accumulating assets. You know, I've built wealth. I, I did that, but you know, I spent my health to gain my wealth and then I use all my wealth to get my health back. And what I realized is that, again, in financial terms, is that my body is my number one asset, but I wasn't investing in me. I was taking advantage of my and exploiting and using my number one asset in a way to where that asset just finally gave out. And then, you know, and so my business crumbled because I was no longer, I couldn't show up to work any day and just blowing through money because I was trying to find what was going to save my life. And you know, so all that money I'd worked so hard from was just my business and money that was my entire life just kind of evaporated. So that's where 
wealthy came up is that why are we after the wealth, the money wealth? And what is the purpose and meaning of money? Is it achievement? Is it comparison? Is it external validation? Is it that we buy shit so that, you know, we can compare ourselves to people and feel better about ourselves and always in that constant, you know, comparison game? Or is it really to underwrite the cost of living a good life, what I call a wealthy, wealthy life, meaning to be well, to be financially well, physically well, mentally well, spiritually well, relationally well, and that our, our intent is about is about a well, you know, a well-lived life and a life that's wealthy and having the financial resources to pay for the cost of, of that life that has costs associated with living well. So where a big portion of my money used to go towards, you know, um, lifestyle, let's say, after I, you know, um, took my money off to invest in assets. Now I'd say, not I'd say, now a majority of my money goes to my health, you know, my well-being. Mm. And so it was a radical shift, not caring so much about playing that external game, but playing more of this internal game. And just knowing that, you know, me feeling well and being well, and having, you know, relationships are well, that makes the money really meaningful. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So um, tell me how you work now. So obviously, you're, you know, you're doing a lot of you know, uh, writing and, and, and again, your podcast to, do you, do you work with, uh, folks individually or through group or I do, I don't do much individually anymore, but I have right. a movie school. It's called the sovereignty Academy and I teach sovereignty as a mindset. Like what is sovereignty? And it's about wholeness, completeness, independence, um, wherewithal confidence, you know, and, and money's a big piece of that. When we can stand in our financial power and understand it, not be afraid of it and know how much money's enough and know and have the kind of the plan for how to stay in the present while we're manifesting the future that we're always moving towards. Cause it's like, like, it's not like we get there and we stop. There is no there out there. But so it's this dance of like being fully in the moment and present and happy and satisfied because we live in this, state like I did. And I think many of us is this it's a constant state of dissatisfaction instead of a constant state of satisfaction and dissatisfied because again, no matter where we are, it's like, there's the next place to go and the next place to go. So we're never happy and satisfied where we are because we're not where we want to go. So it's really this dance of like being fully grateful and satisfied. Like life is so effing awesome, you know, and, mm. and just living in that state of mind and that mindset and, and being like filled with gratitude and appreciation and satisfaction, like, whoa, look how good my life is while at the same time reaching out and saying, okay, what's next? What is my potential? What is there to learn? How can I grow? What's the next kind of business challenge I need to learn or overcome to try to kind of take my business to the place where I can help more people, you know, while, but not being dissatisfied where, with where I am. So what I do through the money school is to teach this sovereignty mindset of what that is. It's like being in the power of today while reaching for tomorrow. And at the same time, teaching the kind of unwritten, uh, invisible financial laws that we must obey really and put forth and work it for us so that we can move towards financial independence and financial sovereignty while we're, you know, while we're in life at any given moment. So that's what I do. I have a money school that really is, I teach everything we should have learned in school about money, but they didn't offer that class. Yeah. Well, uh, and, and what are some of the basic tenets of, I mean, obviously, you know, your relationship with money sounds like it's pretty critical here, uh, you know, and and it's like what really, really, really matters to you. Uh, in, and that's where sounds like you're saying, you know, let's let's get some clarity on that. And maybe that's where we should 
be investing, not in more accoutrements? You know? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of different things, but there's a few kind of these like unwritten laws that I've referred to that are always in works. And it's kind of like gravity is always at work. We can't see it, but once we understand it, we can work in accordance with it. If we defy it, we're going to fall off a 50-story building and then go kerplot. So there's all of these kind of invisible uh, kind of universal or nature's laws or whatever we want to call it that are always running, even though we can't see and feel them. But one of the laws when it comes to money is something, for example, called Parkinson's law. And Parkinson's law of money is what keeps people in the grind and the trap as entrepreneurs, meaning they're always in kind of that next rush to make money. And so they think that the way to get wealthy is to grow our business and have all this business success. And it's with when we understand that if Parkinson's law is always at work, what Parkinson's law says is kind of twofold. The first part of Parkinson's law says expenses will always rise to match income. So if we yeah. take our business from, you know, businesses focus all on top line versus bottom line. But if we're focused on bottom line and we, you know, we net $100,000 out of our business, that's what we pay ourselves. And so we have a lifestyle that costs $100,000. Now we've done, we've done a great job growing the business. And now we're taking a profit of $250,000. Now we start paying ourselves at two fifty. dollars so That's what we pay ourselves as entrepreneurs in our household is what's called the profit piece. So now do we keep the same car? Do we keep the same house? Do we take the same vacations? Do we run with the same group? No, the cost of, it's called expense creep. The entire cost of our life goes up to match this new kind of echelon of earning. So now all of our expenses have creeped up to match that 250. So that's, and so that's nature's, nature's laws. So that's why we get stuck in the grind that no matter how much money we make, we're never creating wealth. We're never creating space. We still are stuck with kind of that financial strategy. And the more expensive our lifestyle gets, like the more luxurious it becomes, the more we get used to that. And what Parkinson's Law Part B says, what was once a luxury becomes a necessity. Mm. So then like COVID happens and income like drops or something, but we don't want our expenses to drop with it. So we, when we understand, for example, just something as simple as Parkinson's Law, what that means then in actionable terms is that we have to understand, we have to know where all of our money is going. We have to know the cost of our lifestyle. We need to know how much cash we have. We need to know what our personal burn rate is as well as our business burn rate. And we want to, um, to keep track of this. So when we're not keeping track of our money because of our mindset or relationship with money or just kind of bad practices, bad habits with our money, it keeps us in, it keeps us on that hamster wheel. So it's really this dance and then understanding that wealth is always made in the margins. So profits made in the margins of our business. When we know what our profit margin is, profits the margin, and that's what we pay ourselves. So what is the margin and what margins are we off to in our business? We have our gross profit margin. We have our net profit margin. We have our burn rates. We have these different, you know, far, not just revenue. In our household, we have the same thing, like wealth is built in the margin. So it's the margin between what we make after taxes, because you can only spend what, you know, after taxes. Most people aren't even, they're thinking of their top line in their household. And they're not thinking of their kind of after tax number, which would be a cost of sale, really, mm. if we're thinking in business terms. But now we can, we have our after tax income. After that, it's like wealth is in the margin. So what's the margin between after tax income and how much it, our burn rate in our household? And it's in that margin then, it's knowing what is that margin? Is that profit margin 20%, 30%, 10%? But it's that margin between what we spend and what we make after taxes 
that that's going to grow our wealth. So where we get wealthy is not in our business. Business is our income making machine. Yeah. The better we are at business, the more profitable we are. So we increase how much we can pay ourselves as entrepreneurs and business owners by increasing our pro- you know, our profits. Yeah. Sometimes that's just revenue, increasing revenue. Sometimes it's just decreasing expenses or both. But our margin now and our that's just income. We want to get good at business. We're good at business. The way we can say, hey, I'm a successful entrepreneur is I have a sustainable income that really is the amount of money I want to make in my household. And so then we take that income, that profit that turns into income in our household. And now the margin is between, like I said, what we spend and what we make. And we that's the portion we invest over time to you take advantage of compounding, to take advantage of, of that growth. And we let our assets grow over time until you know we can reach a state of financial independence, which is the place where, where our money is making our money so that we don't have to. And when our money is thrown off that same amount that pays for the cost of our lifestyle, that's what financial freedom or financial sovereignty is. And that takes time. So we want to take advantage of time and the opportunity of compound, the compounding effect to build wealth. But then the question is, is like, how much money is enough? How do I know when I get there? You know, um, so there's what that means is that, again, when we take the, take this down to the actionable level, we need to do some of this work. We need to know how much money is enough today. How much money is enough for our future self? What is that financial independence number? And what's my plan over time that's going to put me on the trajectory to, to hitting that target and then enjoy the process while we're growing to that place? Mm-hmm. I notice, uh, and you mentioned this as well about investing in health um, for for a you know an overachieving you know uh, entrepreneur business leader. Uh, talk about what you mean by that. Like wh- when we say invest in health, what what are we invest? What are we actually doing? And and why is that so foundational to a fulfilled life? In your opinion. Yeah, I mean, we some we we have this habit of living in kind of this narrative of when I get there, then I'll do X, Y, Z. When I have enough money, then I'll start investing in my health. When I have enough money, I'll start investing with assets. When I have when I have the right relationship, then I'll be happy. Or you know, it's always based on if then as opposed to start now. But the idea, the a framework that I teach, and I call it my kind of my millionaire money methodology is if we take a number, let's say $100,000, and I'll just kind of make it easy here. Let's just say we paid ourselves $100,000. Now we want to break up that $100,000. So in the abundance mentality versus the lack mentality, lack is about budgeting, not spending, reduction. It's like dieting, you know, for your money. Who wants to be on a diet that's just calorie restricted? Mm-hmm. And that's really the, the philosophy that's taught out there that you have to be on these very tight budgets and you can't spend and and, you know, if you want to build wealth and no, the abundance mentality, it's like, there's plenty, like I am the creator and, but I still, we create around fixed around real numbers. And so when we do a little math, but if we take a hundred thousand dollars, I teach now we're going to spend that all, we're going to spend a hundred percent of that hundred thousand dollars, but it's how we spend that matters. So let's just say our tax bracket's 20%. So we're going to take off $2,000 or $20,000. For, and put that in a tax bucket to pay taxes because we have to pay taxes on our income. Mm-hmm. And then the other 20%, let's say that comes off the top before we spend a dollar of the $100,000. We spend it, you know, we take some off to spend on taxes. Now we're going to take 20% off for, for investing. And I teach take 15% of that 20% for to put to, to take away and start investing in assets to build that future self number, the financial sovereignty number. 
And then 5% of that to make up the total 20, that's the money you're putting into your bucket to invest in yourself. And so this is meaning you're sweeping money aside and you're putting money aside in a separate spending category to just invest in your health. So that that takes us out of this thing, like there's not enough money to take care of me. It's like, no, mm-hmm. before we spend a dollar on our lifestyle, we pay the IRS and we've taken care of our kind of current self health and our future self by, you know, having that money to buy those future assets. And then the rest of it, we get to spend, you know, on our lifestyle. So it's, so it's just a nice methodology for being able to uh, make sure that we have money allocated. So when we, when the big part of money is that money has different categories, it has different purposes. It's like as entrepreneurs, if we, you know, if we have five employees, do we have all five employees doing the same thing, having the same role? Like, no, you have five employees to really, you know, create the synergy that all these roles, if we have a really great team, they work synergistically, they communicate, they talk with another, everything's organized around one vision and one goal. Then we have all, then that's the synergy of having these five roles all working together, but we don't have everybody doing the same job. That would be silly. It would make sense. So our money has these different categories and it has like five different categories, meaning five different purposes. So when we give our money these different purposes and we have that money earmarked to be spending on these different categories, then we have all the money to do all those purposes. And one of those is take care of our health. One is take care of our taxes. One of those take care of our you know, future self-investing. One of it's just our lifestyle expenses. And another category is um, saving, which is future spending to make sure we have cash for big expenses like emergency funds and, and other high ticket items. And you know, I teach this type of methodology of like completely how to break it down. Mm. But through this again, it's like, no, I do have the money to invest in me. And now I'm going to take the time. And like I said, now so much of my money goes into that that wealth, what I call the wealth, W-E-L-L investment bucket, mm. so that I have plenty of money to spend, you know, on that. And I, mean, I just got back from a Joe Dispenza retreat that was more about my kind of my mental wellness, um, you know, in Cancun. And I'm, I spend a lot of money investing in IV treatments and, you know, anything that I, you know, can invest in. And I have that money set aside and I'm always looking like, okay, I have this money, where, how, where is there to invest in me now? What's the next thing I want to do? But it changes our orientation and our behavior because at the end of the day, it's all about behavior, what we do. And so by having the money earmarked for what to do, now we we don't have any excuses not to do it other than, you know, I don't have time to take care of myself, but at least we take the money piece out. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I think our you know physical, spiritual, you know, emotional, mental health, I mean, if if that's all out of whack, I mean, good luck, you know, professionally. Um, it, it's really, really hard to show up to the race of business, uh, you know, when when our we've, we've not really prioritized our, our well-being. Yeah. And it, I mean, ultimately, when we're not taking care of our wealth and our wealth as kind of these top line items, it leads to one thing and it's called burnout at the best case. And, you know, how many times do we start passionate and excited about our businesses and the work we want to do in the world? And in the, the day, it's just like, man, I have to go do it again. I have to go do the launch or I need to go do this next thing to pay my bills. And that becomes the stressful life cycle that, you know, you just have to do that next sale or that next something, something. And there's no space. We don't have any extra cash. We don't have any extra you know, non-working income that gives us that space and gives us time. So that's that rut. That's that face. It's only going to lean to burnout. And eventually if we don't have these other things set in place, there's no place to worse, like best case is burnout. 
Worst case is someone like me, when I wasn't following these principles, the next thing I know, like my body is just like, I give up, like, you know, screw this. I'm, I'm not cut out for this. So in many cases we're finding ourselves ill. Like, I mean, autoimmune diseases are an all time high. What's the culprit? Usually stress and inflammation, you know? So now our bodies are breaking down while we're just still in the chase and the chase and the chase thinking, okay, at some point this thing's going to work out. I'm going to have enough money. I'm going to have enough time. And and ultimately, like money is a byproduct of what we do, you know, the value we offer our world, offer the world. And then time is a byproduct of our money. So when we have when we want time, meaning space and time to do the things, you know, to take time out to meditation, to take time to go get a massage, to take time to go on a vacation, to take time to do these things. It's why are we earning all this money if we're not going to spend it on things that take time to enjoy life? But we can't do that when our entire month is completely eaten up by our expenses. And so that's that's what the byproduct of money is, is we want to buy time. But buying time only comes through having that margin and having that space. Otherwise, it's just month over month over month, grind over grind over grind, and something's going to break down. Yeah, inevitably. All right. So this has been fantastic. Christina, someone's listening to our conversation. What is their next step with you? Next step is, you know, I just like we talked about if, if money, so many of us, again, as entrepreneurs, the mindset is just go make more money in your business, focus on top line, go from six figures to seven figures to eight figures. And it's just this constant more, more, more. So the first step is I really invite people to ask themselves how much money is enough to underwrite the cost of living a good life. So that means I need to know what is a good life? What is this wealthy, wealthy life? And a lot of it too, it's even understanding like, you know, as high performance entrepreneurs, that it takes a toll. It's like an F1 car. You know, there's not a lot of maintenance and a lot of investment that needs to go into, you know, a little Honda Civic maybe. But if you're racing an F1 car, those babies race fast. It's a lot of technology. They use a lot of energy. And so they get constant investment, right? Those cars are constantly being changed out, constantly being maintained, constantly. You know, there's more off time than there is on time to rev and use that much energy. So as high performance entrepreneurs, it's really understanding the same, like we live off energy, our bodies are energy and money's energy. So when we can really align these two and know at what velocity and speed and to get out of that more game, but we really have to know our numbers. So how much money is enough? What's my burn rate in my business? What's my burn rate in my household? What are my margins? And just to start looking at, um, if we're in stuck in this place of just more top line revenues to answer to my money problems, mm. that's the trap. So when we can start going to this place of, I, um, I want to understand my money. I want to know my money. I want to track my money. I want to be in a healthy relationship with my money. I want to look at it. I want to spend time with it. I want to enjoy it. I want to know these things about it. So we have to like get intimate with our money. And that's what my book is called. It's called Falling for Money, a romance novel for your bank account. But to really bring in this intimate relationship with it, where we we want to understand it. We want to spend time with it. We want to answer these questions. We want to know what this map is and what our plan is. But we have to bring money to us. We can't be chasing it out there. All right. Fantastic. Okay. Christina Wise, your website, wealthywealthy.life. Christina, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a lot of, and hopefully we've inspired some food for thought uh, for some of our hard driving entrepreneurs that are out there and business leaders. Take a pause, 
it, evaluate where we are. Um, again, you have a podcast uh, and and also a book, each of which, uh, again, your book, Falling for Money, uh, and then your podcast. What's the name of your podcast? It's called Wealthy Wealthy, the Wealthy Wealthy Podcast. We have these types of conversations. I interview just those like you that are just really leading their spaces and bring a lot of energy. And it's really about counter conventional thinking and like the things that you don't hear. Because what I've learned to be true for myself is that, you know, like life lessons or wealth lessons, it's all, it's like, it's counterintuitive. It's almost the exact opposite of what we've been taught. So I like interviewing those that are just shaking things up a bit and kind of breaking the rules in a, in a healthy way. Nice. Christina Wise, thanks so much. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, we have an audience of over 120,000 that we would love to promote your story to. Please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. I'm also so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? Well, we will promote you and retweet you and re-share you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up in your podcast player right now? please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. And we promise to read it all and take action. Thank you if you've done this already. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, please hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 to 20 minutes a day. My name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.